Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Spirit of Aya podcast, and this is Sarai Darbandi, your host, and welcome to January 4th. Um, it's the fourth day of the year. Uh, pretty exciting. I've decided to start a hashtag um, on this podcast and make it 365 days of ayahuasca. So I do plan on posting every single day about a topic on ayahuasca. So if you um, if you have any topic ideas, definitely call in. Let me know. Um, at some point, I will be having ho or hosts. I'm the host. Um, I'll be having guests on the show to just kind of give listeners like a more uh, more in depth idea of like what ceremony is like maybe what ceremony is like in different countries what is it like in different states um getting actual shamans to sit down and talk actual participants so a lot of exciting things to look forward to um so for today we're talking about integration so i've talked a little bit about this already um in terms of preparation, integration, set and setting. So all of these things I'm kind of diving deeper into on the segments are, um, they're all related, um, but it is a little more fun and interesting to go a little deeper into the topic. So integration, um, this is usually uh, a term that is referred to after ceremony ends and when people, you know, go about their everyday lives and it's like what do I do with these you know mind-blowing experiences that I've just had on whether it was profound healing maybe you were given a message a lot of people find like their um, their life purpose within ceremony Um, you know a lot of things can come up and then you try to go back home and live your everyday life and it just doesn't seem to you know kind of click the same way or connect so I've kind of written down a list of things to do uh, when integrating that can make the process a little bit easier and more fluid um, and make it more rich and fulfilling um, while kind of trying to, you know, live your life once again um, in the Western modern world. Even if you've if you've gone to a different country um, and participated in a retreat or you just you know, went somewhere local, either way, you're still going to have a hard time living regular life after this. And just knowing that that's a normal, you know, that's totally normal. That happens to most people. I think that's comforting in knowing that. So the first thing I wrote down was journaling. I think kind of finding some time that you can just sit with yourself and document the experience, um, the visions, the emotions, the thoughts you had, um, the concepts that you went through, the, um, you know, whatever you felt, uh, throughout the experience, putting it down, because when time goes on, those experiences, they might shift, they might change, they might take on new meanings, but having that first kind of, you know, having, that freshness there's something to it um so i've had people tell me stories where you know they've gone back to it several times and um things have shifted but other times you know it's been a really friendly reminder um of that experience and they like to remind themselves of that experience perhaps they felt very connected to themselves like they've never felt before so being able to go back to that place has been really therapeutic and then like 
continuing to journal um, on an ongoing basis, that can be really helpful. Um, so community, this is really important. Um, so having like people to talk to about your experiences, um, there can be, you know, this is a very multi-layered issue right now, not having a lot of people you can go to, to talk about this experience or having like fear of bringing it up. So I would recommend that you actually set this up prior, um, to retreat to ceremony or anything so you know you have a safe place to come to whether it's back home or on the phone or on the internet that you can you know communicate and express yourself in a safe way yeah so um and you know i would i would really recommend try and getting somebody, you know, a face-to-face person that you feel like you can be vulnerable with because things can, you know, even like I was, I said in a segment before, things can kind of get dark during ceremony. Things can actually get dark after ceremony too, because once you've opened something that maybe you, you know, you weren't ready to look at, um, but you are, you know, if you can just trust that you are, um, having somebody there to guide you through that. I think that's really important. Um, and surrounding yourself with people, you know, if you met a lot of really cool people at retreat, like getting their numbers and being like, Hey, we're going to stay in contact. It's not really fun to integrate in isolation. Um, it's not impossible, but I would imagine that's pretty scary. Um, and you, you don't have a chance to get validated in your emotions and no one's on the other end being like, dude, me too. And I think that's so therapeutic. Um, so definitely something that you want to think about. Um, so time and patience, that's another thing just to keep in mind as you integrate, like you might have all these answers after ceremony, but those answers like stretch and take new meaning over time. So just, you know, I've heard people, it's taken years to understand what they learned in ceremony, like, you know, when they first did it. So giving yourself the time and patience that is required, um, to fully integrate the experience. Um, a spiritual practice, whatever that means to you. I mean, I know that word cutting gets thrown around a lot and it kind of, I don't know if it really holds any weight because it, um, it's not really specific, but when I say spiritual practice, I mean like a ritual. So something that you're engaging in on a daily basis that helps you feel centered. It helps you connect with yourself, whether that's breath work, whether that's yoga, whether that's, um, you know, even journaling, that can be a way to connect with yourself, uh, being in nature, getting out in nature, um, time for you to, um, connect with spirit. And if spirit is, is your higher self or the better version of you, then that's, you know, that's another way to think about it. So, and as you're practicing, you're kind of thinking about ceremony and, you know, you'll have those epiphany moments where just like it kind of clicks and some days you won't. So, but always coming back to that and knowing that you have that footwork and that groundwork to, um, fall upon. Um, let's see. Uh, so taking care of your body, you know, drinking water, getting rest, um, eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, putting 
pure things in your body, you know, not processed, avoiding meat as much as possible, those sorts of things. Um, and, and, you know, if, if meat is something that you prefer, obviously you need to do what, whatever you need to do to take care of your body. Um, so yeah, whatever that means for you, um, staying in tune and listening to your intuition, it's like, okay, this is what I need. Um, all of those things to kind of help you with the integration process. Um, and then let's see. Um, yeah, you might also notice that like, maybe you feel like a completely different person after ceremony and that can be, that can be really scary because that's going to take you a while to integrate like that new part of yourself into the everyday world. And then the people who don't know you've done ceremony, they're like, they don't know this different part of you. And then can you express that different part of you? Those are like, there's a lot to consider just in that sentence, like just feeling different and then trying to continue to interact with the Western modern world. And if you, you know, if you work in an office or, um, you know, whatever you do, um, just kind of keeping that in mind and whatever you feel like you need to do to protect yourself or just to move through that fluidly until you can get back to a practice or you can get back to time with yourself then and I'm really just talking about the days and the weeks after a ceremony you can feel pretty sensitive um, almost permeable so um, just whatever you need to do to take care of your mind your body your spirit and your emotions um, something I would it's, it's um, like I was saying before I'm sorry cut me off um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of them out there so but you can go to the maps website on Google you can just Google maps it's you know it's spelled just like it sounds uh, M-A-P-S that's the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies and they actually have a list of uh, what's referred to as integration therapists. So just depending on what state you live in, you might be able to find a professional therapist who's willing to work with you and just discussing a safe place where you can discuss your psychedelic experiences and help you actually integrate them into your everyday life. Um, I live in Tucson, Arizona, so I know like if I ever picked up a natural awakenings magazine, there's definitely like shamans or there's even you know there is an ayahuasca church here in town so I could easily contact someone to talk about my experience and everyone in this community could um, so maybe that's something that other people can try um, in their communities like picking up a natural awakenings magazine and finding if there's someone um, if there's a shaman um, or trying to find out if there's an ayah church in your community um, and just seeing if there's somebody there who will help you with integration. And of course, like usually if you've attended a retreat, um, there's integration recommendations, but not always. Um, so those are things to research as well. Um, before you decide to like pick a, a retreat center and all of that. But the one thing I've noticed is that, you know, like I mentioned before, like once you are involved with the medicine everyone treats each other like family so if you can just find that community um, that you feel safe with 
And maybe you guys didn't attend the retreat together, but you're familiar, you're both familiar with the medicine. That seems to be enough for people. Um, but everyone has different boundaries and, and that sort of thing. So those are just like some of my thoughts on integration um, in regards to the ayahuasca experience. And I know sometimes on here it's like I, I talk about things so simply and it really isn't. Um, integration takes a really long time and it takes a lot of patience and the lessons, the spiritual lessons, uh, sometimes they're instant, but sometimes they also take a long time to unfold. And it's really important to have, you know, a good routine and then a good community that you can connect with and make sense of all of this. So thank you so much for listening. Um, this is Sarai Darbandi, the Spirit of Aya host of this podcast. Um, and if you want to share some of your integration experiences and maybe I, you know, um, you've done something that's really worked that I didn't mention, please call in. I would love to have you on. Um, and once again, um, the documentary I'm working on is called also the spirit of Aya with Avai media. Um, and I will see you guys back here tomorrow on Friday. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Bye.